Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with Moira Kasaba. I have a special guest for you guys today, Miss Camilla Smith, who is a therapist, educator, and anxiety expert. You guys, I am telling you that I learned more in this episode than most any of my episodes in the past. It was mind-blowing sitting down, talking to somebody that understands anxiety so much, and I am not... Well, I think we all suffer from anxiety on some level, but I definitely have really good friends of mine and family that deal with, you know, like legit anxiety. And it helped me to understand from such a different perspective. And Camilla is just a a wealth of knowledge. She's got her own natural supplement line that um, aids in anxiety um, management and her story, how she got into this, her knowledge, like she, it just blows my mind. So put on your seatbelt, strap in and get excited because you're getting ready to learn a lot. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have you on the show, Camilla. And we have so much in common when we connected on a call not that long ago. It was just like old best friends, right? I mean, so much in common professionally, so much in common when it comes to just our passions and what we're doing in the world. So to start, we have so many things and so many topics to talk about. But to start, what are you doing? What would you say, like, who is Camilla Smith and what are you doing in the world today? Yeah, well, first, I want to say thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure, you know, um, connecting and just being here and being able to share and who I am. Um, Well, I'm a lot of things. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I I think uh, the bigger one would be therapist. I mean, I'm also the clinical director of a supplement company, but I'm also Mm -hmm. a yoga teacher and Reiki certified and hypnotherapist. So um, on and all, wellness is definitely my area. And specifically kind of that blend between mental health and physical health. So what I'm here to do, I specifically focus on anxiety disorders. And I think the past couple of years, especially since the pandemic, really highlighted the importance of us taking a serious look um, at anxiety disorders, but also treatment options. So what I'm hoping to do is kind of bring education, insight, and have conversations about ways to feel better. Um, Because anxiety is such an interesting um, condition where it's felt both, you know, kind of mentally, right, in our thoughts, Mm -hmm. but also in our body, right? Anxiety is very thorough and it can be really, really tough to cope with anxiety or live with it on a daily basis. Yeah. Ah, I love that so much. And I love that you just blend like... It's it's kind of the science and the medicine and, and the technical background, for lack of a better word, but with, you know, these other modalities and these other practices. And so I want to hear the story of <laughs> kind of how you came into this and, and you know, the, just the road to... I know that you've kind of traveled down a different, a lot of different roads. And we were talking about arriving at that amazing place in life where it's like all roads led to this, this work. And so what did that look like for you? So I think growing up, people ask me all the time, like, did you know that you wanted to be a therapist? What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be anything from an FBI agent to a nurse, to forensic, to psych, to yoga teacher. Um, So it's been all over the place. But one thing that I knew I wanted as I was a little kid was to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to, I went to college and then graduated. And I kept being called towards social work, right? In Mm -hmm. my mind, social work was kind of, um, that, that field of work, right. Where we can be one-on-one 
people and really help them. So when I got into the program, I actually didn't know that there was an option to become a therapist within the program until I got there. So I've been kind of divinely guided ever since. Started my master's program, realized that there was a clinical route, completely fell in love with the aspect of mental health. Um, And I'm a very, uh, let's say, I love science and I love knowledge. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, oh, wait, 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 this is really cool. Like learning about the brain. So graduated, started working as a therapist. And within about five years, um, I started to feel somewhat underprepared. And the reason why was that I didn't feel that I had sufficient knowledge when it came to the connection between the mind-body, right? We hear a lot of information about mind-body, mind-body wellness, um, but from a clinical perspective, I didn't feel as though I had a solid working base. And I also didn't feel like I knew what to do if somebody came in with what we would call kind of a mind-body, right? Like my training was meant towards more, um, you know, cognitive therapies like EBT, but I didn't know how to connect it. So, and I also realized that there really, you know, there's there's this gap uh, between mental and physical health where a lot of the, um, let's say doctors, right? Um, Some doctors are able to deal um, or treat kind of mental health related through primary care or they refer, but then when when it gets referred over to mental health, we don't have too many options other than psychiatry and therapist. So I went back to school to get my doctorate in health sciences. Um, I just wanted to learn more. And while I was going through it, just uh, exploring, 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 came time for my dissertation. And that was right around the pandemic. And I felt like for me, I could see the anxiety that the world was experiencing, the anxiety Mm -hmm. that I was experiencing. And it's about divine timing. You you talked about divine guidance, but divine timing about, you know, and, and I, I'm just so passionate too, about this gap. There is such a gap. I mean, we, we hear and we read about mind body all the time, but if you think about schooling, actually, there isn't much schooling that really bridges the gap between the two. It's very divided. Yeah. So I, I totally agree and feel the exact same way. So go on dissertation. So I started my dissertation, started focusing on anxiety and looking at natural remedies. Um, so my, you know, my dissertation right now is close to a hundred pages of just research. Um, and I started focusing on amino acids and kind of um, botanicals, so different herbs. Now, while this was happening last year, I'm really big into manifestation, vision boards. Yes, you're my girl. <laughs> writing stuff down on journals. Yes. I want to see it in front of me. So last year, I decided to make a vision board. And in the vision board, I put that I would have a nutraceutical company within one year. Um, This was last April. Um, And, you know, so I'm working through this in on December. So about eight months ago, nine months ago, I got a call from um, someone that I, I had been on the board of directors for another nonprofit. And she called me, she said, hey, you know, can we chat? I want to run an idea by you. I think you would really like it. And I want to see what you think. I'm like, okay. So we hop on a Zoom call and, you know, she tells me and she's like, you know, I'm working with, um, you know, another amazing female, Shana. And we're thinking about, um, initially they had a company for, it's, it was kind of um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Bumble or dating app, but for therapists. Yes. Where you mm-hmm. kind of swipe and I would connect. But oh, then, wow. Yeah, That's brilliant. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was the original pivot. 
But then it kind of switched over and she tells me that um, they're looking to launch a nutraceutical company focusing oh on anxiety. And I was like, what? Uh, that is it was, amazing. It was. And not a, like if you really study and believe in all of this manifestation, law of attraction, there's a science behind it, right? And I think that's why people, they're few and far between, but I think people like you and I that are, you know, gosh, I, I don't want to fluff my own ego, but highly intelligent, driven intellectuals that thrive on science and data and things like that. A lot of times there is, you know, a huge wall up to like, oh, all that fluffy stuff with manifestation and law of attraction. Like, but if you dig into the science behind it, it's very, very real. And when people open the door to that, it's, I mean, it's just next level amazing what can happen in your life. If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner. And you guys can rise up with us. Absolutely. And yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. So when, when we had that call, I was prepared, right? I already knew the formulation. I knew which ingredients I'm like, I've been preparing for the past yeah. couple of years. For, you created, <laughs> you did a hundred page document on that's how prepared you were. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, let's go. So things started moving really, you know, kind of quickly. And we, um, we put together a product, we tested it, we launched it and have had you know, really incredible progress. And for me, that just makes me so happy. So it's yeah. it's been a lot of just kind of following, you know, my heart and mm. going with what kind of felt in my gut, you know, that I needed to do. Yes. Um, and trusting that it's going to lead somewhere. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, it's so funny because we hear, like, I always talk about trusting your gut and trusting your intuition. And, you know, there's science there too. I mean, it's, it's a biochemical rate, you know, thing that's connected to our brain. And so again, people think it's this airy fairy thing. And I'm like, no, no, there's, there's, you know, physiological evidence there that's, that you can trust that. And so will you, and we didn't talk about this before the call. So Will you share kind of the personal journey you've had in like the last several months? Because I think that is such a huge testimony to the work. And and again, I think so, such a divinely given and guided life experience for you to walk through right now. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things um, that have happened within the past couple of months. And one, I think the most major one that really ties this all in on both like a personal, you know, emotional level and a drive is uh, November, end of November last year, I was in a pretty severe car accident. Um, I was hit on the highway, car was rear-ended, you know, hit my whole face, my chest on the steering wheel. And since then, uh, more recently, there's been a cascade of, you know, different things, um, things going on in my body. Um, And what happened as a result was my own mental health, right? My own pain, you know, anxiety, discomfort, um, frustration, And as I was going through all of these changes, trying to find balance between, so I have a private practice and 
So I took on the role of becoming the um, chief clinical officer, and that's taken on, you know, it has its own duties, plus my private practice, and then dealing with my medical. And it- Not to mention like the emotional and mental, because I'm sure there's some PTSD there from a car accident like that. Yeah. And it changed my life to, you know, I was able to, before I did yoga every day, I would exercise, and now I can't do some of the things um, that I've done. So- as this was all, you know, it, it came to right around July or end of June, early July. It just became so overwhelming, all of it, and the pain, the physical pain. Um, and at that time, I was on an antidepressant. So I was put on an antidepressant to kind of help with, you know, some of the physical stress. And, you know, to be honest, these side effects were really hard, um, mm. almost, you know, they were scary. Um, and I decided that I wanted to get off of it um, because for me, and I'm not against it, I think it's it's a wonderful resource to have, but it wasn't working with my body. Yeah. As it started to come off, I really felt firsthand, you know, the withdrawal symptoms. Mm. I, I felt my body shifting. I felt my mood. I was so irritable. I was having trouble sleeping, you know, because it was just... With the withdrawal coming off of it, can you, would you talk about some of the side effects? And again, I want to clarify, because we had talked about this earlier, you are not anti, you know, pharmaceuticals, you're not anti antidepressants and all of that anti-anxiety meds, but it just wasn't working for you. So what were the side effects that you were experiencing? I was having really scary nightmares. Um, Mm. And when I say scary, it was as if someone went in, took my worst fears and put them all together into every night I would have these uh, nightmares. And I would get dizzy almost like these, if I got up really quickly, if I got up at night, it was a lot of dizziness. Um, I also, you know, found myself becoming overly focused on, it was almost like my focus and concentration was just not, it wasn't in line. Yeah. Um, I would find myself kind of engaging in a lot of like pleasure driven things, like doing things that I, you know, I'm going to do my nails and I'm going to paint my nails five times. Yeah. Focusing on what I had to do. So it actually, um, I was having trouble kind of staying on task. Um, And as I came off of it, but the main thing was the dizziness and the sleep, the nightmares were just, it was to the point where I was having, uh, I was afraid to go to bed because I would one, wake up and then go right back into it and right back into it. Um, Which actually, I was talking recently with my advisor from school. And, you know, we think, again, this isn't you know, I can't prove this, but there is something called serotonin syndrome, which could be too much serotonin. So my mood is generally good. And it's, you know, for some people, sometimes um, having too much serotonin can throw us off, right? So nightmares. Um, So as I came off of it, it was really tough. Then I said, you know, I've been taking uh, these, so we formulated the supplements and I decided to start taking my own supplements. I'm like, this sounds like <laughs> a good idea. Like something I should have done a long time ago. Um, I've taken them um, like the different ingredients at yeah. different times. Um, so I started taking it about a month and a half ago. And it's been amazing, honestly. And I'm not just saying this, you know, uh, to to our, our horn. Um, yeah. Really, I have felt really good. And I think for me, going through this experience of really kind of feeling in my body that anxiety from such a kind of like a survival, um, you know, point where I'm in pain, I can't sleep, I'm edgy, everything is too much, I'm overwhelmed, right? It was so real that I think it it was really powerful to kind of, you know, come full circle again and be in this point where I'm waking up and I'm feeling good. 
I'm positive, you know, there's still the the aches and pains, but my relationship with my own, you know, body and my environment just feels so much better. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. So I've got two questions. So one of my questions is because I one of my best, best, best friends um deals with anxiety. And just yesterday I said, you know, to help me understand what are you, what are you having anxiety about? What is the thing? And she said, that's not how my anxiety works. And so help me, but help the audience here understand. And I know anxiety is very different for everybody, but what does that look like, feel like? Can you describe like how anxiety presents itself? Sure. Let me first start off by saying that anxiety is a survival um, and adaptive mm-hmm. mechanism. So if we think back to our earlier, um, you know, times, we used to go around hunting, gathering, right? And we were nomads. So anxiety is at its core, it's almost like an alarm system that your mm-hmm. body has when we're in danger. And this alarm system is active when we sleep. It's active while we're awake. Um, and so the best way that we can, you know, anxiety is it's physical. So it comes with a lot of different sensations for different people. And it can be offset by an actual, you know, something going on, an actual danger, even a perceived danger. Yeah. And so if we think about it in terms like of an alarm system for your home, right? Um, we want it to go off. We want it to go off if somebody comes into your house. And, but also there are times where these alarm systems go off and we didn't mean, you know, we, I don't know, maybe we set in, we forgot and we walk out the door and we're like, oh no, just kidding. Right. We run back and we turn it off. Yeah. Okay. So that's ideally what we want to be able to do with our own anxiety, right. Is, is understand that we, we need it. It's helpful, but be able to regulate it. Um, so mm-hmm. the symptoms that we feel because anxiety is a survival mechanism, it focuses on self-preservation. Um, so when we feel anxious, so for example, something that commonly happens is heart palpitations, right? Or um, it might get really tight around the chest area. Some people have numbness, tingliness in your hands, or maybe sweating, hot and cold. Um, for example, some people at night can't get their feet warm, right? They're just like, mm-hmm. my hair is so cold, like no matter what I do, right? So or, interesting. Yeah. Or And the reason why this happens is the body's redirecting all of the blood flow towards the primary organs. So the mm-hmm. body has to protect the torso and the brain. So it takes all the blood. So what we feel in our extremities, our hands, our feet, is actually lack of circulation. Um, and that's why we have these like hot, cold, clammy. And, you know, some people actually feel stuff in their stomach. So stomach aches, you know, trouble going to the bathroom. Um, when anxiety, you know, when we feel anxious, when our alarm goes off, it basically, it, it just focuses on the primary processes. So our body says, you know what, this is not a good idea to go to the bathroom. Not a good time. Let's just turn yeah. them off. Right. Yeah. Um, so we feel it in our hands. We feel it in our stomach. We feel it in our chest, but it's also, you know, it goes into our thoughts. So when we're anxious, we become very, and and I say this from a survival perspective, we become very self-centered, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're scanning, we're just paying attention, we're making sure that everything is okay. Yeah. And, you know, another way to think about anxiety that I can talk about, it's almost like, so the alarm goes off, um, let's say that there is, you know, something going on, a fire, and the firemen come, right? That fire, you know, man or woman, um, is going to bust through that door, and it's not going to stop and take its shoes off. It's right. not going to you know, stop it and 
um, ask for permission or think about what, what they're going to break. It's just going to go, right? So when we're anxious and we're kind of like, you know, a firefighter that just kind of isn't really measuring or isn't necessarily, we might be aware, but it's not our, our priority to really yeah. pay attention to all of, we're just on a mission to feel better. We're on a mission to feel safe and stable. Um, so it becomes quite difficult to be in tune with our environment. So we're very much quote unquote in our head, right? Mm -hmm. We're thinking about um, whatever it is that we might be worried about. So the symptoms kind of go all over the place from being like physical to being mental. Um, it can impact our sleep, impact our appetite. It impacts our pain levels. It makes us more susceptible to pain. Wow. Um, so it's everywhere. It impacts our vision. Our vision gets our peripheral vision. So our side vision actually blurs out because wow. the body is preparing us to look forward yeah. and run. So we might see, you know, kind of blurriness um, impacts literally everything. Our wow. sweat glands, our um, saliva, we get more or less. It's literally top to bottom. Wow. 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 That it just, you just helped so much. I'm sure. I mean, it helped me so much. So I'm sure it's going to help our listeners just to understand when you don't deal with anxiety on that level, you know, I deal with anxiety, but it's very, you know, regulated and normal. It helps to understand the people you love so much, you know, and it's so interesting to me too, to hear the physical, because I always think of anxiety as just the thoughts. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I know panic attacks and things like that can happen, but I really, you know, tend to think of it more as like just your thinking mm -hmm. and all of that is so eye opening, but also makes so much sense. So much sense. I mean, it's fight or flight, right? That's where Absolutely. you're just, you can't regulate that. So here's my other question, and I love being able to ask you this question because you are a therapist. Where does therapy come into this, do you think? Because we can treat this, you know, medicinally, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals, but how do you, what, what do you suggest to people with like, at what point do they need therapy? Do they need to go talk to somebody to help kind of balance this out? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's definitely a multi-pronged approach, therapy being really important, because what therapy helps us to do, we all have a story, right? We all have things that happen to us, life events, traumatic events, unexpected events. And we have the capacity um, to kind of make meaning of these things, mm -hmm. right? So if we think about nature, um, every animal... Um, you know, every living organism goes through things, right? Physical ailments, unexpected events. But humans, we have this incredible metacognition. We have the ability to think about our thoughts, right? Yes. And then we develop a story, a narrative about what we're going through. And sometimes that narrative of our experiences becomes very deeply uh, traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. Or it takes on almost like it's a whole life on its own, right? So we have the event and or whatever might happen. And then we have our relationship with our story. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think therapy can be really powerful. So let's just say that at a core, I have anxiety, I experience it. But let's say that now I am frustrated at my anxiety, or I'm mm -hmm. so nervous that I don't leave the house because I'm just worried. Um, so worry, frustration, right? These are almost added layers mm. that then compound and make it more difficult. So therapy helps us to look at, okay, what is, you know, something that I work with my clients is 
um, developing a relationship with our anxiety. Mm. And I'll ask, like, what is your relationship with your, with your anxiety? How do you feel about it? Do you love your anxiety? And people are like, what? No. Why would I be here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the goal is for us to look at it as it's really helpful, right? Like in a yeah. lot that we are so grateful for, but that, and also learn coping tools that are going to help us, you know, in the moment, kind of de- turn the alarm off. So I think therapy can be really helpful. Well, A, if there's any trauma, right? Sometimes um, anxiety can stem from just traumatic experiences to be able to work through that, to develop a different narrative or to learn the skills to kind of pause mindfulness, right? Um, Pause and, okay, let me assess, right? My body uh, alarm system went off, but let me just take a second, let me scan. So it's learning really coping tools um, and a perspective that helps us maybe in some ways get to a baseline of acceptance yeah. and love for ourselves rather than, you know, feeling um, overwhelmed or angry or frustrated with mm. our body. Yeah. I love that because you're not demonizing it, which we, we tend to do right with, with so many things, not just anxiety. I can remember years ago, I mean, this was probably 20 years ago. I was talking to my mom and I had a therapy session. I was like, I gotta go. And somehow it came up just very briefly and about like, you know, I'm, I'm working on my perfectionism. I'm trying, you know, to get rid of my perfectionism. And she said very casually, you know, be careful with that because your perfectionism is also why you've been so successful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? Like I was trying to get rid and banish this quality of mine. And I realized at that point in my life, every single thing has pros and cons. Every single thing serves us and then to the other extreme doesn't serve us. And so it's never about getting rid of the anxiety. It's never about getting rid of the perfectionism. It's just managing it. And, you know, like you said, I created a new meaning around that. I created a new story and I started to really, I don't want to say love my perfectionism, but see where it was a value to me instead of feeling almost shame around it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I know that we can feel the same thing, whether it's anxiety or depression. And we feel like, you know, we have this scarlet letter on us that somebody's put a label on us and it's such a negative label. Mm -hmm. And when we can change that, it's so incredibly powerful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. It's developing an understanding of our, our body, our uh, personality traits and saying, wait a minute, you know, how can I work with this uh, resistance is, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes I think about like, if there was like a little branch um, and it's going downstream, right. And it's kind of going, and let's just say that that branch kind of goes with the flow, right. So it, it moves and it shifts, but let's say that at one point it gets stuck in between two rocks, right. And it's just resistant to flow. I can't seem mm-hmm. to straighten out. So what's going to happen is little by little, other stuff is going to like trickle, right? And it's going to start to back it up. So we're going to have leaves and other rocks and other branches. And so eventually it gets stagnant, it gets stuck, right? So every time we resist um, anything, right? And because anxiety is, um, it's so instinctual, it happens. It's really hard to resist it because we resist in our own body, right? And that can be really hard to go against something that's naturally happening within us. Yes. And okay. So let's pivot a little bit here with like the law of attraction. So what you're bringing up to mind for me is, you know, when I was bringing 
when I was working on my eating disorder and trying to, you know, hammer at the eating disorder and overcome the eating disorder and doing everything in my power, I was bringing a whole lot more attention to this thing. And I was trying to, you know, push it away and push it down. And it was that kind of aha that anytime you're really like, anytime you're efforting towards something with that, you know, lack of flow, Mm-hmm. You're actually cr- making it way bigger. Yes, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is you know, and also there is it is scientifically known. There was a study called the White Bear, I think, study. Um, and the White Bear study was they grabbed two groups of people, uh, one group, and they were at a movie theater. So one group they told them not to think about white bears. But in case they did think about white bears um, to go right ahead. And I think afterwards they asked them to like tally or like they had like a little clicker how many times they thought they saw a white bear in the documentary. The other group, they didn't tell them anything. They didn't tell Mm -hmm. them not to think about it. They just said this is a documentary about bears. Right. And then at the end, they checked to see which group reported seeing the white bear more. You know, they asked the other group. And what they found was that the group that was told not to think about white bears overreported seeing them. So they reported yes. seeing it more than it really was. Yes. So they were very inaccurate. Being told not to do it made them more aware. Yeah. So every little thing, the brain was like, that's a white bear. That's a white bear. That's yes. White bear. Um, because it becomes this like, it's almost another way to think about it is that I'm still such a child. It's like Christmas when you know there's a gift mm-hmm. in there. And you're just like, but what is it? And people, yeah. you know, and the more that someone tells me, stop shaking it, right? The more you just kind of, but why is it big? Is it small? Is it heavy? Is it light? Right? Yeah. Curiosity peaks. So yes. we put more and more attention into it because yeah. we want to know why. If we tell our, um, ourselves not to do something, it becomes almost dangerous or it becomes a um, something to avoid. And our brain wants to know why, how can I yeah. avoid it? So we bring more attention. Right. To it. We're trying to avoid it. And that's the, and we do the exact opposite. And I think the other thing that, you know, when we were talking about creating meaning or stories or even identity, it's like, if we have within ourselves, you know, this identity of being, you know, full of anxiety or a failure or anything like that, it's like, and we're trying not to be the failure, but our brain is constantly trying to pick up on where we are being a failure. And I think the other most powerful thing is to look at that in other people, because I think we can all say, you know, we see this every day in relationships when we, you know, those people that push your buttons, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like they can walk in the room and they can say something and it means absolutely nothing to the third person in the room. But to you, you're like, did you hear that? Did you, you, and you're just, you're looking so desperately hard to, for them to conform to the identity that you have built up, the story you have built up about them. Yeah. that you your perception is so entirely different than the other person in the room it's yes, crazy we call it confirmation bias and it's yes. actually yeah it's just um it's a thing where our brain will look to confirm you know whatever we believe just because we want to you know double and triple check to make sure that we're spot on right so yeah where it's so but the thing is that sometimes um tying this kind of briefly at the beginning you said gut feelings right Mm -hmm. sometimes we see someone or we're around someone maybe it's a stranger someone we love um or anyone and we have a gut feeling something doesn't feel right right and that is important to you know just be aware of 
However, when we have anxiety and we have a dysregulated alarm system, mm. sometimes, you know, our gut center is sensing things and it's it's a little, um, let's say it's sending signals. So it's so important to really like, you know, focus on or recognize the difference between like, okay, this is an instinctual kind of gut mm-hmm. feeling and I'm going to honor this you know, versus, okay, I'm overly activated um, and my body is reactive and responsive to whatever this person might be saying. Um, Because I do think that there's room for both, right? There's room for that, those natural feelings that are protective when we just don't feel comfortable being around someone. But then again, there's times where it's our own bodies, like overly, you know, and, you know, like we're just guarded. um, Yeah. It becomes problematic for us. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, PTSD or or just even coming from a place of, is this coming from a place of fear? Is this coming from a place of scarcity, you know, or is this like true to my soul, you know, and being able to differentiate that. Um, I want to dig in as we kind of wrap up new, the nutraceutical company, what kind of, cause I, I geek out over nutrition and, you know, superfoods yeah. and all the magical powers. Yeah. So what are kind of the formulations and what do these things do? What are the different properties? I would love yeah. to hear. So interestingly enough, you know, we were talking about kind of gut feelings, gut health, emotions, right? Um, we all know that our brain is a command center, but it's actually also our gut, right? So we have what's called a second brain in our stomach. Um, it's a whole central nervous system in our stomach that has the ability to, to sense, to feel. So we have actual feelings in our stomach mm-hmm. and it can work independent of our brain, right? So we almost have these two brains. We have the one that kind of thinks, right? So think about like where we feel our feelings. It's in yeah. our stomach, right? We don't yeah. feel our feelings in our head. Like I've right. never felt like a rush of feelings <laughs> going up to my head. I feel it like go down to my stomach, right? When yeah. Scared, and you're just like, oh. So our, um, when, when I was thinking about, you know, when we were kind of like, okay, what are the main things that are so important in, to to us into mental health? What are the areas that we're not really, where is that bridge, like we talked about, between mental health? Um, and the bridge is the gut-brain connection, right? So the gut, we can think about that in more like physical terms, right? And the brain being that mental health connection. And these uh, these two systems are connected by, let's say, these little highways, Mm -hmm. So, and it works bilateral. So if our stomach, if our gut health is off, it's going to impact our brain health. If our brain health is off, it's going to impact our gut health. Mm. So we really decided to focus on um, bringing down inflammation, restoring our gut health, and also supporting our body with the nutrients that it needs to create serotonin, right? Which is our neurotransmitter for mood, sleep, appetite, and pain. Uh, so in it, we added a probiotic. So probiotics are these healthy bacteria. But the really cool part is that probiotics have been shown to travel up from our stomach to our brain and help. You know, a lot of people um, we've heard about leaky gut, right? Mm-hmm. How we have this like intestinal barrier that throughout time and toxins and food that starts to kind of break down. We also have a similar thing in our brain it's called the bbb the blood uh blood the brain blood blood brain barrier there we go (laughs) it's aligning just like our our gut and if it starts to kind of um disintegrate then toxins get into our brain so probiotics go in and they help to kind of balance out all of that bacteria so we added a probiotic we added botanicals so these are calming herbs that have been tested 
to be as effective as medication. So we have passion flower, um, which is great. We added amino acids. So these are natural and uh, the one that we added was L-theanine. So L-theanine is mm -hmm. calming, but it also helps with focus. It's like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, you know, anxiety often we're so narrow focused right. that it's very hard to focus on anything else. So L-theanine really helps because it comes in and it actually alters the brain waves and it induces a state of relaxation. And then we added magnesium and B6. So these nutrients are specifically needed to synthesize serotonin. So that means that it's going to help the body kind of produce. Um, so we're, you know, we really tried to think about different options for the body, probiotics, wow. acids, uh, vitamins, and botanicals. Um, so it's a five, it comes in a little pill pack. So it's 28 yeah. day pill pack. Although currently actually we're offering a seven and a 14 day trial, which is really cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. 91% and... of people when we did our study felt results within the first week. So wow. it's definitely really, it's worth, you know, um, considering definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love this. And I love that you can feel the effects that quickly too, because yes. I think a lot of things out there, you know, they say, oh, it'll, you'll feel it in time. And it's hard to really understand like is life shifting and that's why I'm feeling better or is exactly. it this, you know, supplement. So where can we find all of this amazing information? Yes. Point us in all the right directions. Yes, absolutely. The website is join. So is um, J-O-I-N become with a K. B-E-K-O-M-E dot co. Um, we're also on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And we're also really, you know, one of the main things that, or another focus of ours is not just providing a product and saying, you know, here you go, best of luck, but creating a community of education. Um, I, by, you know, by trade, I'm also a professor. So by trade, I love to teach. Yeah. Um, and we've really focused on providing content, educating, um, just Last week, the week before, I ran a webinar, a free webinar for people. So we're we're running events, workshops, mm. putting out our blog has a lot of really great information um, and research. So it's also our goal is to create a resource center where we can go and learn. You can learn about the ingredients. You could learn about, you know, watch videos. Um, I love that. I love that because that, again, kind of bridges the gap. You know, it's like, so often we can take things, supplements or different things. And we just, without the education behind it, I mean, my mind is blown just in the last 40 minutes with what I've learned and, and it's bridged the gap for me, you know? So that community and that education component are so important. Oh, I love that. And I don't really know any other, I mean, there's very few companies out there that bridge that gap. So yeah, there aren't too many for uh, specifically like anxiety and, you know, mental health. There are a lot of supplements, um, but even, you know, Amazon, if we want Amazon, we could find a lot of things, but I think mm -hmm. the support the one-on-one, -on -one, right? So we provide a free 15 minute consultation, even pre-buying anything. If wow. Have questions. And with the 28-day supply, um, it's also included a 30-minute personalized um, nutrition consultation. So wow. we will meet halfway or whenever um, and actually come up with a nutrition plan. So we'll assess how the person's doing, you know, what their mm -hmm. diet's like, and then make recommendations for um, different uh, foods and nutrients so that they're getting kind of not just the supplements, but also the nutrition piece and then having that checkpoint. Um, so we're really trying to do more than just provide, you know, yeah. a pack. 
Wow. 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 That is amazing. I love it all. Well, everything I'll make sure is right below this episode in the show notes. I think I'm going to have to send this episode just raw, uncut, unedited to a couple of my friends. (laughs) I love it. It So helpful. So good. Camilla, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for your mind, your knowledge, your work in the world and your time today. It is so appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks so much. So good. I hope you learned as much as I did. I have thought about this episode so much since we recorded. All of Camilla's um, information is in the show notes. Make sure you go grab that. There's links to everything. Be sure to um, tag her, tag me when you share this episode in your social. She, by the way, is underscore, and this is in the show notes, but it's underscore Camilla Smith underscore on Instagram. So um, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next week. 